Today, for the Life Changes topic, we are going to be talking about a new infrastructure bill that was mm -hmm. recently passed, um, you know, within the last few months. I believe it was passed in November of last year. And um, it's starting to make some headlines because I guess people actually got around to reading the entire mm -hmm. bill. Uh, <laughs> the crux of the issue is the language of one of the provisions in the bill basically states that all cars made at starting in 2026 will have to have what is effectively a kill switch, right? Mm -hmm. So um, the purpose of the law is to limit drunk driving. However, what it's going to allow the car to do is to monitor your driving habits passively, right. as they put it. But if it detects signs of impairment, or a raised blood alcohol level, it will be able to restrict or prevent the operation of your vehicle. And so uh, I just wanted to get, you know, kind of your general feelings about this legislation that has now been enacted and is, you know, part of our new legal code and probably will, you know, cause some problems come 2026. First and foremost, when you use language like that, at least when it comes to law and I feel like that language is kind of gray in the sense that it passively monitor the performance of a driver and then passively and accurately detect whether the blood alcohol concentration is above a certain level. Like those kind of sayings, it's like, how do you do that from a passive standpoint and how do you do that accurately? And a lot right. of times what may be considered impaired driving, unfortunately might just be the nature of that driver. Like a lot of people might just be, reckless drivers whether it be you know purposeful <laughs> or that's just you know they're not the best drivers and they might not have the best right. dexterity or they may be old like they're still 100 year olds <laughs> 90 year olds that driving on the roads recklessly we all know those people and we get pissed that's at them facts. but that's unfair for like the driver who might not be impaired under the influence of alcohol to have to be you know regulated or even their vehicle stopped because they're considered impaired driving and so i think what kind of comes into play is big brother always trying to watch over your shoulder. And it's just the next step in the government taking action to what, with the, with the proper intent, you want to limit alcohol related incidents on the road, which in Texas is a huge problem. There are tons and tons of deaths that happen daily because of this. And so they're trying oh, to yeah. find the best way to um, mitigate that problem, but you can't do it by forcibly stopping someone's vehicle for impaired driving. So the operative word becomes, right, impaired. And how does the government judge impaired driving? And so for all those, those examples I had mentioned before, which might not technically be impaired, that's not fair for the driver to have to go through. So I think there needs to be kind of a more, this isn't, this isn't a black and white thing for sure, but there has to be a framework in which they can work to accurately, which is a word they used to accurately mm -hmm. judge what impaired driving is. And blood alcohol will probably be the most objective way to do that but that would require what everyone to do a breathalyzer test when they get into a vehicle and that's not something i personally want to do so <laughs> <laughs> there just has to there's it has to grow a bit and for 2026 mm -hmm. which is coming up faster than we know it for you know that to be the start date for this to happen is something we all should be aware of this kind of pushes on privacy concerns uh, you know in a sense because um you know, the, the old adage, the road to hell is paved with great intentions. Uh, so, uh, I like that. That's you know, crazy. Like, 
<laughs> so it's like I understand the want to, you mm -hmm. know, in, increase safety, but you know, you are starting to set a precedent where you can infringe on the individual space, you know, of citizens or just, you know, people within the country. And, you know, to have this technology in the car, it's not just that, you know, you are doing things to try to stop them but this means that someone or something is actively monitoring you know you in a space where you would otherwise expect to have some semblance of privacy right mm -hmm. you know so how how far does this go like how much access will this thing need to determine will it need to be able to hear like what you're saying to hear if like your speech is yeah, slurred when you're trying to you know listen to the radio or you know so the the ability of it to monitor right it, it you have to be very careful with how far this can go it's, it's such a hard thing right because it always seems like safety always has to come at the expense of privacy in yeah. some form or another and we we really have to come to a decision where do we want to draw the line i don't appreciate you know the the lack of autonomy the government is providing more and more and more and to your point you know privacy and and security and autonomy seems to be the thing that kind of gets pushed to the side whenever you're talking about mm -hmm. safety you know first and foremost safety is a huge thing right and you see the strides we have made in regards to driving specifically where once upon a time you could drink and drive you know that yeah. wasn't even against the law and folks were just drinking and driving and swinging <laughs> and all kinds of crazy stuff and then you have the induction of the seatbelt, mm -hmm. and there's a lot more regulations and you know cops are there hopefully to monitor those on the road but and then there's even a point in time where they tried to use cameras at traffic stop at traffic lights you know to kind of monitor the actions and the you know the flow of traffic and how things were going but if i were to you know try and provide a solution maybe to preventing drunk driving the only way at least in my eyes that it could be feasible to do so would be to have a way to monitor a person before they start the vehicle and back to what I had mm. said, the, the most objective way to do that would be through blowing it through a breathalyzer, right? But, we, you know, with technology, maybe there could be like a, a touch sensor where you can just put your finger on like a touchpad, you know, how to unlock your computer. Laws always sound good on the paper, right? Mm -hmm. But what people have to understand is like, the law yeah. is pretty black and white, but we live in shades of gray. And um, the issue that comes in with any law that you pass, there's always, it's always going to be rife for like, you know, shortcuts, abuses, like, you know, there's always going to be ways to cut corners. Like, for instance, even if, and I think your idea would be a much better iteration of having a breathalyzer, but even with that, like, my concern would be, all I have to do is get someone else to blow in the breathalyzer. The car says, oh, yeah. you're good to drive. And then I just yep. hop in, right? You'd hope yep. that you wouldn't have friends that would allow you to drive, would allow you to breathalyze your car to let you get in. But, you know, at the same time, you'd also hope you wouldn't get behind the wheel drunk. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. And then also, like, where does the car cut you off? Because, okay, 0 .08 is the legal limit, but, I mean, driving at, like, 0 .06 is still dangerous. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they have that whole campaign about buzz driving is drunk driving, so is my car just going to let me get in at 0 .06 because it's not technically illegal? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I man, get there's into a lot a of crash. Questions. 
<laughs> exactly. If I if I get into a crash with someone that was buzzed driving and the car let them drive just because they were technically below the legal limit, I'm gonna mm-hmm. sue the manufacturer and be like, hey, yo, like you know, you you saw he was somewhat impaired. Mm-hmm. No, technically not illegally impaired, but you know, he was still a heightened risk. Mm-hmm. And it's like, so that would be something if I'm a car manufacturer, I don't want that weight on my shoulders that yeah. I'm, you know, doing this where I'm trying to judge people's impairment. And then also, you know, how do they know, again, back to my point about identifying and, you know, so much monitoring, how do you know who's behind the wheel of the car? Everybody's mm-hmm. driving style is different. If it feels one hand, is it going to say like, oh, the main driver of this car uses two hands, so they must be impaired, shut the car down. Well, no, you know, it's just my brother was driving the car. You know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah, it's like, exactly. that means it has to monitor what normal driving patterns look mm-hmm. like. Then it has to determine what that means to be impaired. And it has to do that for every single person that gets behind the wheel of the car. And it's like, that's just such a... You're going to information to take in, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. And I just I don't think it can be this can be contained in a space where you still respect the privacy of the individual while also, you know, getting enough information for this thing to be an effective solution. And so that's where I just work. I think it is too much of an invasion of privacy to do, you know, something on this grand of a scale. Yeah. And trying to have some foresight, like from a business perspective, if, you know, those who are seeing these laws taking the place, you know, this is where a relic or an antique or vehicles manufactured prior to the start date of technology being implemented in the car that's, mm-hmm. you know, monitoring your driving might go up in value. And so now we see yeah. uh, those who are owning classics, you know, they're already expensive <laughs> and, you know, they grow more and more in value just because of the nature of um, preserving that, that model throughout time. Hey, this would be a good time for people. You know, you you look at the car industry and people think as soon as you take it off the lot, the value depreciates. But if we're going to go into a place where you can see a projected date where all of car manufacturing is going to change, now would be a perfect time to, you know, keep that in mind and and really think about what the value of cars being made now is going to be in 2026. Absolutely. Like my newest car will be a 2025. Like, <laughs> like uh, I will buy a brand new car yeah. in 2025 and that's it. Like I'm, I'm done until the luggage change. Like I just, mm-hmm. I cannot see this going any positive way where, you know, they have active ability to, you know, monitor me in my vehicle. So yeah, I, I firmly agree with you and predict that the value of 2025 cars will not decrease, you know, very mm-hmm. drastically. Yeah, it's going to change our lives, which is what we call it the life changer segment, man. Thanks. Thanks. Spotify so. algorithm, you know. Smash that like button. Can't buy it twice, it don't get it as facts. Your music is trash and the feature is tax. How you there, broke, but you still moving packs? How you plan leading the pack from the back? Yeah. All my dogs will attack. Yeah. I don't bang, but I stack. Yeah. Money I bring in the bag. Uh, money I bring in the bag. We securing everything that we ain't never had And we like to pop bags We meet almost broke when I'm looking at the dash Cause I'm driving so fast We came a long way, we ain't never going back Haters always ask how you get it like that I've been working, I've been grinding, you ain't living like that You ain't living like that, yeah I'm just addicted to winning Yeah, this is more than a commitment Yeah, money don't mean that you living Yeah, yeah you know I'ma start what I finish. Whenever it's broke, I'ma fix it. Get money and get out your feelings.